guest this week is uh, Simon Garlick, who made his debut on the 3rd of July, 1994, for the Swans against Collingwood. Hello, Simon. Welcome to the program. Good to have you on. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for having me. Uh, 25 years ago. That's uh, That in itself is a big shock to the system, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty disappointing, really, when you put it in those terms. <laughs> 25 years. Um, I was talking to someone recently about when I retired, which was... 2004, which in itself was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and, and interestingly, still having a role and being involved in the game um, means you're dealing with new recruits who weren't even born when I debuted. So that puts it into further context. Yeah, that is that is scary. Uh, what you what you mean? I mean, uh, we'll go. I want to talk about your, your sort of getting into the system uh, in a tick. But uh, your memories of that week leading up to that first game in in July was it was it unexpected? Was it something you'd been hanging out for? Was it was how was it handled? Yeah, probably the latter, Kev. Um, so I'd been drafted October 93, so the 93 draft. And it was an interesting time in footy, actually, because both at the, at the Swans and in AFL. But, um, you know, there was still an element of some players who didn't want to move into the state. Yep. Who, you know, wanted to, I remember my roommate, Darren Gasper, you know, put some things in place to try and stay in Perth. And I know the following year, Anthony Rocker and Shannon Grant were trying to, were trying to do the same. Um, at pick 49, and, and without such luxuries as being too choosy, I was um, I couldn't wait to get up there and you know going to Australia's biggest city with a with a ready-made network of mates and and the support network of a footy club um, and really uh, the Swans at the time prior to that had been pretty pretty average in reality um, on both on field and off field and that year they made a commitment to as we know now is a pretty common theme when you're rebuilding and that was to draft kids. Um, so in my year, there would have been seven or eight of the best youngsters you know, ahead of me in the draft who came to the Swans, and we all came through that period together. So while competition was tight for spots, I had a really, really strong pre-season and I kicked some goals in. You might be able to tell me, Kev, was it Foster's Cup back then? Uh, certainly wasn't NAB or JLC. Yeah, I reckon, or Mark, I reckon it like might, have been, might have been Foster's, yeah. Yeah, another sign of our age. Um, but I had a really good pre-season and was actually, even though I was a a lower draft pick, was pretty disappointed I didn't get a game earlier. So I'd, I'd done a heap of work in the twos, long period of time there. So I, I was keen, mate, ready to go. Um, probably a bit frustrated that I hadn't had a game as yet. And, yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah, you know, family came up, a whole bunch of my mates from school um, in Melbourne drove up and made a, a big weekend of it. So, you know, the overriding memory without, you know, remembering the absolute details was one of excitement and anticipation. And uh, the SCG is a, is a venue. Is a, I mean, I reckon it's a great venue for for Aussie rules football. I mean, I know a lot of people don't uh, necessarily agree with that, but uh, that must have been kind of special too. Just running out on the on the SCG for your first game. Oh, I completely agree, Kev. I um I am biased because I started my career there and you know first game and had four wonderful years there. But it's actually my favourite. It was my favourite game to play footy on. Um, it's that real cauldron. Yeah. The crowd are very close to you. It's you know big enough without being you know ginormous when there's not a huge crowd in there, um, which was certainly the case in my first game. But it was um, yeah, just a brilliant venue. You know, it so happened that 
yeah, coincided with a rise for us with Slugger doing what he did, Ruthie coming up, Kel winning his brown low, and we had a great run, so it made it even better. But yeah, you're right, the history of the ground itself, but also um, it's just a brilliant amenity, I think, anyone for Oakdale footy. What uh, what marvellous wise words of wisdom did Ron Barassi impart to you as you're you know about to head out and uh, on the ground for your first game or in the lead up to your first game? Did uh, did the great man say much to you? Oh, not a heck of a lot. No, nothing overly profound, other than um, you know he was he was obviously really positive about it. I think I can remember him making mention of it in his pregame. Um, but it was it was a simpler time, Kev. It wasn't you know. It's interesting, I think, back on a lot of the big games that I played in, and I know today we talk of the young players about enjoying it and taking it in. It was still very much um, a bit of the you know, banging on the whiteboard, firing up, fire and brimstone sort yeah. of stuff. Um, so that that was very much my enduring memory of it. But it was really positive during the week about it. Brass could be, well, he could, he obviously did have a reputation for for um, those inspirational and, and fine-tingling speeches. He was quite humorous as well and liked to keep things light during the week. So I, I do remember him making a bit of fun of, of first-gamers and but being genuine about it as well. Uh, you were 19 uh, at the time. I mean, uh, you didn't knock the statistician off his off his pedestal uh, <laughs> that day. You had, had, you had eight disposals, kicked to behind. But yep. did did you did you think at the end of the game? Okay, uh, that's the start. I've got I've got you know another 150, 100, 200 games in me. Um, that's just that's the first one I've I've ticked up. That I'll I'll tick that box and off we go. Yeah, not really. Um, I was always living on the edge of it, Kevin, in the sense that whenever I. I got a contract. I assumed it'd be my last, and that served me pretty well because I, uh, whilst you, um, you you love to think you can have a long and enduring career, it's so competitive. And, and if I had to be, you know, working as hard as anyone and as committed as anyone to ensure that I was giving myself the best chance. So I can't remember exactly, but I reckon my attitude would have been, um, okay, I reckon I'll get another game because you know they don't usually. Probably win, particularly at that period of time. We weren't competing. We were down towards the bottom of the ladder. Yep. So we were rebuilding and they were wanting to get some time into kids. So, you know, without being too presumptuous, I would have assumed I would have got another game. But, um, no, it was it was all about, okay, what do I need to do to stay in here and to make sure I stay in front of some of the other blokes? Well, you talk about it being a build. It certainly was a build, wasn't it? Because that, that was um, the middle of 1994 and by the end of 1996, you're in a grand final. Yeah, that's right. It was... Um, as I said before, it was a brilliant time uh, because we, uh, as I mentioned, you know, while previously the club had, you know, drafted a lot of um, recycle players, um, you know, financially we weren't in a great position. Um, the advent of obviously Plucker made a huge difference. Best player I ever played with or against. Um, Ruzi was at the top of his game. Kel, as I mentioned, won the Brownlow in '95 and. Got some mature age players too, in Stewie Maxfield and Kevin Dyson and a few others. Craig O'Brien, who made a big difference. And then, you know, that 95, 96 period, a lot of kids that I got drafted with started to show why they were rated the best kids in the country. So it was a, a bit of a perfect storm. Rocket, uh, Rocket came in 96 and, and was, you know, quite um, creative with his game plan. You might remember that was sort of the start of a bit of a flood where we'd, we'd all come back and then surge forward. Ground suited it really well, and it was a brilliant time. The crowd was, it's the, the 20 fans back then would get on a winner and would regularly have lockouts and, you know, just banging up the bugger and just kick a lazy eight or, or ten. So it was a brilliant <laughs> time to be involved. That's a great memory that period. 
Hey, tell me, playing with Plugger, it, it, does, it, does it make you walk a foot taller? Does it make you a little bit cheeky? Does it give you that kind of bravado because you know you can run up past him and then sort of point to him, to your opposition player and say, if you touch yeah. him, he's going to get you? Yeah, it was interesting because he'd, he'd definitely mellowed a lot. Yeah, he was very much, oh, I think, matured probably as, as a player, but more so to the point as a, as a person. He'd come up to Sydney... Um, the lifestyle, I'm slightly out of the bubble, really agreed with him. Um, he and Vicky had just started a family and he was just a really content person, I think, and, and footballer. So I don't think it was, it was so, it wasn't so much the, um, the physical component that intimidated players, I don't think, or opposition at that point. It was just his capability. Yeah. Um, kicking, you know, bags of goals regularly. We had a, we had a run there. I can't remember the exact numbers. I think Luke Bruce broke it recently where he kicked the most consecutive goals without a behind. And it was something like eight one week. We went down to the Whitnover and played Fitzroy. He kicked 16 straight. And he kicked another six or seven straight the following week. And it was just he was just unstoppable. Yeah. And, and those goals weren't all in front either. He was kicking them from, from every angle. And we were literally clearing it out, kicking it to him. One on one, two on one, and he was just unstoppable. So I just, yeah, I have this incredible memory of of being fortunate enough to play with what clearly is one of the absolute all time greats. Simon Gallix, my guest. Uh, you can always tell him you played one game. We're talking about uh, his debut game for the Swans against Collingwood uh, way back in uh, 1994, the 3rd of July, in front of 13,083 people. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the Swannies didn't get up that day. You went down. You're, you're only a point behind it uh, at halftime. But uh, then in the end, they, they beat you by 20 points. Prior to that, though, Simon, you, you, you're getting into the system. You um, you played at Richmond in the under-19s. Is that right? That's right. So I'd um, it was still the zoned period then. I was only fifteen year old coming through, you know, the schoolboys system, which essentially was you allocated to your zones and South East Melbourne, Glen Waverley where I was, which was which was Richmond zone. Uh, and yeah, I got selected to do I got asked to do a pre season. Um, but with Richmond under nineteen as a fifteen year old along with a, a bunch of other the, the youngsters there and Brilliant experience and really lit the fire for my career. Just being involved in a club and you know getting the shorts and the socks and the, the letter inviting you down and and I played about a dozen games that I didn't think I would in the 19s that year, which was an amazing experience. And, and again, getting exposure to that AFL or VFL system. Um, and then that that disbanded and they um, that year and they moved into what's now the NAB League or the previously the TAC Cup in the under 18. And I had the pleasure of two years under Ray Jordan, who some of your listeners might remember uh, <laughs> as a bit of a, a legendary slash infamous coach. Oh, yeah. You, you'd had some interesting times with Slug. Um, you, oh, yeah. It, You're it, never short of feedback. Mate. I was going to say, I was going to say, reinforcement of where you should be and what you should be doing wouldn't have been uh, light on. No, no, I played me in the back pocket as a after having a really good year in the 19s and, you know, starting to get my prospects listed opportunity he wanted just to squash any type of ego I hadn't put me in a back pocket for the whole of my underage season which in hindsight was probably a a good thing for my my football development but um yeah it worked for me I was pretty stubborn and wanted to show him but there was a bunch of others who didn't appreciate his message as much (laughs) (laughs) he decided to start sticking around with slugs now we mentioned the 96 grand final and uh is that is that the high point of your of your career in terms of, of of one game one day Probably, yeah, high and low point, Dev, in the sense that, um, you know, absolutely incredible experience and 
it was an amazing year, as I said earlier on, the um, the momentum we had in Sydney, the crowd support. We had one game against Geelong towards the end of the year and Ablett was up and about as well. And they filled the MC, SCG and I think they had to put 10,000 people into the football stadium next door to watch it on the big screen. And the whole town was a bit of buzz. So we well, just an incredible time. Um, that, that famous prelim final when we beat the Bombers up by kicking a point after the siren. So huge momentum. And then, you know, we're really in the game in the granny. You know, it was um, we were four, four goals, maybe five in front, and it was halfway through the second. And um, unfortunately, they got a bit of a run on before half time, and we just couldn't sustain it, so I got beaten comfortably. It was amazing experience, but at the same time, devastating as a young player because I had a poor game. Um, was really disappointed in in my efforts and performances, and probably in hindsight as well, I just didn't take it in. You hear a lot now they talk uh, to players on grand final day about looking around and we you know, that era was very intense and you know, you you were sort of scrutinised for your ability to be serious and make sure you did ticked every box and that type of thing. I just would love to have my time over again or have someone say to you, Hey, just um, have a look around and appreciate it, relax a little. I think I think the performance would have probably Improved a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I'm just an unbelievable time, unbelievable year, and so thankful for the period I had um, at that footy club. And the end of '97, you uh, you well, the move was made, and uh, and you you yep. finished at the doggies. That's right, yeah. So I'd had a, a pretty average '97. I'd Byron Pickett had rearranged my collarbone into about thirty pieces, and I'd done a knee and a medial in my knee, so I missed a lot of footy and. Couldn't quite get back in, and I had another year to run at the Dogs. But um, sorry, at the at the Swans, but the Dogs came really hard. Terry Wallace had coached against me during that under nineteen period, and in some reserves footy when I played some good footy. So he was really keen. Uh, Rocket and the Sydney coaching staff were were probably a bit more ambivalent. They were happy for me to stay, but there was some strong competitiveness against uh, uh, to, to get a game. Um, so it was a pretty easy decision, Kev, when you've got one club who are very keen and one who, uh, you know, are happy for you to stay but without being desperate. So, yeah, made my way to your club, mate, and, and had a brilliant seven years there, initially with some some pretty strong on-field performances and preliminary final and like and, and tailed off a bit towards the end. But pretty special place for me now, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, and I mean, you, your body actually, given uh, how banged up you were when you arrived, your body actually uh, yep. uh, uh, held up really well. You played, uh, I, I reckon you played nearly every game in that first three or four years at least. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um pretty good in that sense and there was some durability, which is great. And as you remember, that uh, I obviously missed 97, which everyone knows about, but uh, 98 we played in a, a prelim, which was... A disappointing end, but then even 99, 2000, we were really strong and you know, certainly built a bit of a fortress at Optus Oval as it was at the time. Yeah. Was in the in the midfield with the likes of, of West and Liver and Ramiro and Dimitina and others where we were able to, um, and Jono obviously and Smitty and the guys coming from back. So pretty handy team that year and, and in that period, um, just disappointing we couldn't go all the way. So were you a, a plug a locket full forward trapped in a uh, in a small man's body? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I, <laughs> I, I did. I did. I was a goal kicker junior footy and uh, certainly through my schooling and started as a bit of a goal sneak in the 19 system, which I often, I often bring kids in in that sense. But um, 
yeah, happy to play wherever the team needed me. I'll run that party line out, Kev. Now you went uh, you went into uh, into administration. I mean, you finished up being the CEO at the Docks, and now you're back in uh, yeah. in football administration with the Dockers. Um, yeah. The the difference in uh, in what players get these days as to what you got in 1994, it, it's a very different world, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and, and as, as it should be, as is any yeah. industry and and field, particularly sport, because we know so much more. Um, as I mentioned, I, I was in you know probably towards the end of that era where it was pretty simple, and we've just come into full time professionalism, so um, it's natural now that. It's such a big industry. There's so much money invested in it. Attracts such good people, but also, you know, research and data that allows us to make really informed decisions. So, yeah, it's a different world, Kev. Um, I was at a function last night with all the new Dockers draftees and, you know, there's training today, but they'll be screened, do some light warm-up stuff, um, won't really train with any intensity until later in the week and then have a really monitored... Um, introduction uh, of the pre-season up at Christmas and a few of the, the coaches and I were reminiscing about, you, you know, you just used to turn up at a footy club and get completely thrown in as a 17 or 18-year-old. And um, it's just, you know, from a load management perspective, which is a modern-day term, it's just not the right thing to do. But um, that was just the way it was. And it was nearly a survival of the fittest. You know, back then, if you yeah. if you could turn up again, you kept going, great. If, if not, and if your body didn't let you, you will Reality probably perceived as being a bit soft, uh, which which clearly wasn't the case. But no, it's all changed for the better, and I think we see that week to week. It's still such an incredible game, and there's so much positivity to it. So it's a great industry to be involved in. Are you buoyant about the uh, the prospects of the Dockers over the next? Oh, not just this year. I mean, it's obviously a long term thing. Absolutely, yeah, and you're right. That's um, it's the thing I've known, and you were there in and amongst the club. Um, as a really important stakeholder when we started that rebuild at the at the dogs in that around 2010 it was you know coming off three prelims in a row we knew whilst that's a strong performance and you'd think you're thereabouts we knew there was a lot that needed to be done not just in terms of the playing list probably more to the point the um, the football department in, in relation to getting it up to scratch and getting up to competitive levels in all the key areas so um, you know that, that takes time and it's really important to ensure that you, you keep an eye on that rather than being swayed by decisions that might be helpful in the short term that might impact the um, the overall plan. But the other thing that's jumped out at me, Kev, is there's a hell of a lot right at this place from from a facility perspective, um, the people, culturally, you know, there's things we can do and things we're looking at changing. But, yeah, it's really exciting. It'll... it'll um, take time as you as you said but there's a fair bit to, to be excited about and living in Perth looking forward to that it's a beautiful city it is mate it is yeah I'm incredibly excited about it actually I um, have only really spent time in Perth as a, as a as a player or administrator when you come into town and um, you know hit the air you're at the airport you go to the hotel you go to the ground or whatever it may be without really being um, exposed to the city itself so I've been on the job for two weeks and getting to know it a little bit um, and it's brilliant as you say the weather's ridiculous and uh, the beaches are incredible and yeah as a family we're really excited about a bit of a change and the opportunities that it provides so I can't wait to get stuck into it. Oh good stuff appreciate your time Simon thanks so much for spending a bit with us on the, on the Late Show and, uh, and good luck for the 2020 season and beyond with the Dockers. Thanks Kev thanks for having me on mate.